0: The Get Real Indie Film Cast with Jeffrey Michael Bays and Forrest Day Jr. All right, uh, this is the uh, Get Real Indie Film Cast. Now, you know, I, I'm I'm still not sure about this this name that we have because, um, I don't know. It's not a film cast, right? I mean, what what's a film cast? I, I don't know. It's, this is an audio podcast. Yeah, because there there is no film. So, it's uh it's misleading. Get Real Indie so. Filmcast doesn't really roll off the tongue, but uh yeah, it, it sounds like a you know, a good podcast, but uh. why,
1: why don't we call it Get Real Indie <laughs> Filmcast with possible different name in the future?
0: Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So, uh on the show today we have William Akers, the author of Your Screenplay Sucks. Yes. And um you know, it, it sounds like it's an insulting book, but it isn't, right? Well, the way the book's laid out is
1: it's it's called "Your Screenplay Sucks: 100 Ways to Make It Great." So each ah. each of the 100 ways, uh, think of it this way: you can read you can read each of the 100 ways, but first read "Your Screenplay Sucks." If your screenplay sucks, if your prose is not crystal clear. That's number 50. You know what I mean? You can take any of these. Your screenplay sucks if you change character names on us.
0: So, okay. so what it is is you so look it's kind at – like, uh it's kind of like the you might be a redneck if uh, – Yeah, kind of like that, except this helps you write a great screenplay. and uh, Your screenplay might suck if
1: – And if you have a screenplay and you've written it already – I recommend this book because then you can go back and look at why your screenplay might suck. Because he's not saying your screenplay definitely sucks; he's just saying that it it sucks if you did one of these one hundred uh, things wrong. So by reading it, then
0: you can correct the mistake, and then uh, then your screenplay doesn't suck. So William Makers is on the way. And, uh, you know, that reminds me, there's there's a lot of these, uh, you know, these film websites, and they have these lists, um, you know, five ways to, you know, make a a better film or five ways to, to write suspense or whatever. Oh, yeah, I wrote one like that. <laughs> um, and those are. Those are fine, right? Those are, those are fine. I like them. Um, you know, it's easy it's easy to digest, right? Um, but there's some that are like they're more negative, like you know, five ways, five things you shouldn't do, right? Um, as a screenwriter, and uh, some of those, um, you know, I find when I start reading them, it's just like, well, this is just somebody that uh, that doesn't like their job. <laughs> You know, this is just this is a list of complaints uh, about uh, customers that they deal with every day. So it's like, eh, do I really need this? Is this really helping anybody? That's where you got to filter out
1: (laughs) the information they're trying to give you. Because, yeah, sometimes people are complaining uh, many times they're complaining. But maybe there's little gems inside of those, um, uh, you know, the five things that why it's wrong. I don't know. That's kind of how I look at it. But then sometimes, yeah, okay, this guy is unhappy with his life and job. So you're just looking for all the the,
0: the uh the positive things just kind of buried in Yeah, yeah. I try to find the rainbows yeah. in the rain clouds. There you go. <laughs> so so William Akers is not not uh not a negative kind of a person, and we'll find out when he uh comes on the show here in a few minutes. No, this book is um, far from negative, by the way, it is far from it. And, um, yeah, my- Michael Wiese, uh, really is a good publisher, by the way. And, you know, uh, I say that because first of all, because I have actually written books for them. You, you have two <laughs> Full books. Full disclosure. Uh, that's true. Yeah. But, um, you know, I would say that anyway, because when I was, you know, writing a book and uh, looking for a publisher, that was the first on my list to, uh, to uh, pitch to because they're the best in the industry on uh, writing filmmaking books. Well, what a uh, lot of uh, people don't know
1: about Michael, Michael Weesey is he was one of the producers on that parody, Hardware Wars, from oh, that's back right. in 1977, yes. 78, when Star Wars came out. This Hardware <laughs> Wars flying toaster. Yeah, with the flying toaster. A lot of folks will remember
0: that. Some won't, but... Uh, and apparently, uh, I didn't realize this when I watched it, but the latest Star Wars movie... Um, you know, with uh, what was it called? The Last Jedi, I believe so. Uh, apparently, the uh, some of the technicians on that film actually included something that looked like a flying toaster <laughs> as a tribute. Oh, nice to uh,
1: Hardware Wars, yeah. See, I haven't seen
0: that was interesting.
1: I'm gonna be honest right now, I love Star Wars, the first three, and then after that, um. My my cousin loves the whole loves them all, and he says you got to watch them, and and I will someday. Might be on my deathbed. <laughs> Hopefully, I got cable when I'm on my deathbed. But I'll watch them. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did I bring the everything down right now?
0: <laughs> a little, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no, that that's just humor. That's just uh,
0: dark humor. But anyhow, right. anyhow. Uh, that my- So we have William Akers on the way soon. And- yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's going to give us rainbows within, uh, what was that you said? <laughs> rainbows in the rain clouds. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, there's a new article out. You mentioned Star Wars. Um, there's an article in Filmmaker Magazine. Uh, it talks about, um, well, basically, it's an article about indie films that are released, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, quite, you know, quite a few of them were actually filmed on 35 millimeter. People are still doing that, huh? Um, yeah, apparently, uh, it's still a thing. And according to the article, uh, actually more, it's actually increasing. And, uh, I mentioned, you know, that's, that's the star Wars tie in, but, uh, you know, Star Wars is now filmed on digital mm-hmm. uh, completely, but um, is there a difference? I,
1: I, I'll i tell you right up front, I'm a guy who, you know, I can watch a movie and not really care what it's shown on at a theater, but there is a difference. And and, and a lot of people say it's, it's like the grain of the film or the warmth of the
0: film. But it adds money to the budget. I mean, it costs... Um, you know, almost a million dollars more.
1: Well, think about to, it this uh, way.
0: To shoot on 35 than to shoot on digital. I mean, that's crazy. Think, right? it, think of what, is, what digital has
1: done for filmmaking. And, and I understand purists want 35 millimeter film. But digital, the digital era has made it possible for anybody to make a movie. And... Yeah, and it, it doesn't really add a cost. It's always been there. It's just digital is so
0: inexpensive that we got spoiled by it. Well, you can uh, you can make a film on your cell phone now. Yes, yeah. There's uh, uh, so- a Jago uh, tells us about that all the time, right? Oh yeah. Um, we'll have to uh,
1: we'll What's have that? to have her on one one of these. Yeah, um, we'll but should have her on. But yeah, it's a big thing. Um, uh, what what was that one that the groundbreaking one called? I think it was Tangerine. Is that what it was called? And I hope I'm not screwing up the name. Yeah. But it was shot entirely on an iPhone, and now lots of movies yeah. are shot. As a matter of fact, during right. the Super Bowl, I think a lot of the commercials or some of the commercials were shot on iPhones. So, yes, you can. And do And the trick
0: that. is that you have to you have to have really good sound, mm-hmm. good microphones, and you know, good post production uh, as well. All more uh, affordable, but but right. it's not the same as
1: 35-millimeter film. So that's where I see the differences that digital film has allowed us
0: to see many more stories on the screen. So we want to know what you're shooting on, by the way. Uh, tweet us at Borges Film or email info at borgas.com. Are you shooting on 4K? Are you shooting on 8K? Uh, VR? Um, or are you still uh, 1080p? I've even heard that... Uh, uh, shooting on 4K is a little bit insane because, um, you know, who's most likely you're not going to get it projected in a theater if you're uh, an indie filmmaker. The chances of that are pretty slim these days. So, uh, you know, why go through all the trouble of uh, the extra expense of uh, extra storage for 4K? Um, why not just go ahead and shoot on 1080p and get more footage and, uh, you know, you can do more with it. And you know what? Another question, I'd, when people answer this question,
1: I'm not saying that's what I'm advocating, but you know, it makes sense, right? It does. <laughs> I, I'd like to know how big um, your basic uh, crew is. What's the difference in the crew size? Because I, I think you need more people when yeah, you're shooting yeah. on film. You need a, 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 the film loader and, and, of course, the cameraman, and you're working with heavier stuff. So if, when you answer the question, let us know some of those details, too.
0: Like, like how many yeah, guys so tweet us at Borges film or email info at borges.com. Tell us what you're shooting on. You want to know very interesting topic. And if you're shooting on 35 millimeter, tell us why, hmm. <laughs> tell us why, tell us why. But it, the article does kind of say that it's usually, uh, you know, it's older filmmakers that just, uh, don't want to let go. Right. Or it's vintage film, uh, you know, period pieces of that kind of thing. They want to give you that kind of old feeling. But, uh, you know, it's a very interesting topic. Uh, you can go to Filmmaker uh, Magazine and, and read all about that. Um, on the show, uh, coming up in here in just a few minutes, we have William Akers, uh, the author of Your Screenplay Sucks, uh, is going to give you some advice on uh, improving your film in all different varieties of ways. All right, uh, we'll take a break here, okay? Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. To contact the show, tweet at Borges Film, the Get Real Indie Filmcast. If you're a filmmaker with a sense of humor, let me introduce you to the Spoof Dance Film Festival. We mentioned Hardware Wars. This is the festival for those who like to make parodies. Spoof Dance specializes in TV commercial parodies, and you can also submit TV show parodies. Submission is open now. Visit Borgas.com slash spoofdance to find out more. to the uh, get real indie film cast and uh, uh that by the way that song is uh it's from our hitch 20 series uh, it's a good version of the uh the song the Death March isn't it yeah isn't, I bu- it? Uh, isn't that
1: what it is Is that or March of the puppets or something Death March no, <laughs> March, of, it's not. March of the marionettes or something <laughs> yeah oh you're laughing yeah. I think it
0: is puppets yeah puppets yeah, I, whatever you, you might be right it yeah. March of the Muppets. Um, William Akers is on the way. Um, just a few minutes, actually. And he's the author of uh, Your Screenplay Sucks. Did we find out uh, where he teaches? Well, he's a professor, right? He, he teaches at Vanderbilt
1: University. Okay. Which is in, in Nashville. Nashville. Right? Yeah, Nashville, Tennessee. I, there I, go. I can't even spell college. Never mind uh,
0: where they're <laughs> located. Should we uh, go ahead and uh, talk to William? All right.
1: All right. Let's let's do that. Let's uh, we'll ring him up, (laughs) as they say. (laughs) Thanks for joining me, William. My pleasure. All right. Let's talk about some points on uh, some mistakes that filmmakers make when they're writing the script and when they're shooting the movie. For example, uh, casting
2: characters of the wrong age. um, That's one that you wouldn't believe. I see that you'd think it'd be kind of a no-brainer, but uh, it does happen. I, I When people are in their 20s and they're making movies, often their only go-to people for actors are their friends, and they're all going to probably be in their 20s. And just because you're in your 20s and you've written a role for someone in their 40s or 50s, you can't put someone young playing an older person. And I see it, not all the time, but I've seen it often enough to where it's a problem. I had students um, filmmakers in a class of mine, they wrote a screenplay about a student, a woman who was having an affair with one of her professors. And they couldn't find anybody 50 years old that wanted to be in the movie. And so they decided, well, we won't change the script any because we've got the script and we don't have time to rewrite it or we don't want to rewrite it. And so they put one of their buddies in the role as a college professor. And in order to make him look like a college professor, they put him, they gave him a bow tie. And that did not really, to me, make him look 50 years old. It was one of the low points of my teaching career, giving notes on that particular film.
1: And I've seen that done before. And I've actually been in movies where that's happened. So
2: it's, uh, I mean, how can you write something for somebody 40 years old, not planning on finding someone 40 years old to be in it?
1: Right. And now let's take a step back from that. Like aside from miscasting, Um, one of your points is have a script and I've seen it and I'm sure you've seen it where people go and shoot a movie without a script. Now, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Again, it just amazes me how anyone could think you could go out and make a movie with not at least a shot list. I mean, Keaton and Chaplin would have a, they didn't have dialogue, but they had a list of what they were going to do. And you go out and you make your schedule and you figure out when you need to start and when you're going to finish and. You need to get done on time because presumably you're not paying people to be in your movie. And so the only thing you have is your ability to be efficient. And you cannot be efficient if you're just making it up as you go along. That's one problem efficiency. The other thing is your movie's going to be terrible. I mean, maybe Scorsese can go out and make a 10 minute film with no script in an afternoon or a weekend, but we're not him. And it's just a recipe for disaster. If you don't have a script, you're just muddling along and you're going to lose the confidence of everyone on your crew and especially your actors.
1: And the script doesn't necessarily uh, mean dialogue. It, it could be
2: the action or the dialogue, what the actor's got to do, correct? Absolutely. I mean, this if you've got a silent film, it's just what happens. If it's not silent, you have dialogue, you have to write the dialogue. They can't make it up on their own.
1: Now, you talked about a volunteer crew. Um, a lot of student films and a lot of indie films have volunteer um, crews. And That's, I know you have some thoughts on feeding the crew. Could you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I really believe that you need to, it doesn't matter how little money you have, you have to find a way to feed your crew really well. They need to be excited when it comes to lunchtime and mm-hmm. or dinner or whatever it is. And it, you have to make sure they eat well because – They're happy to do it for queen and country, but they're not going to want to eat cruddy food. And anybody over about 35 is not going to be delighted by pizza.
1: Mm -hmm. And and that's a good point. What are some suggestions that you'd give to like the uh, regular indie filmmaker for feeding a crew?
2: you got to have good craft services all day long, and it can't just be bagel and peanut butter. Um, you've got to have good food at lunch and dinner, nourishing, something warm. I mean, the union rules, if you're shooting a union film, you have to serve a hot meal. And one thing that I would have my students do is they would go out and get free meals or partial meals from local restaurants who would then get credit in the film. You say, would you, could you feed us half a lunch? I've got a crew of 20. I need 10 lunches or five lunches or coffee. And you could cobble together an entire shoot's worth of free food, and then the actors are eating really good food or learn to cook.
1: (laughs) Now there's one learning to cook and and sometimes uh, perhaps even getting um, one of the actors, parents or one of the actors even um, maybe to help you out with that.
2: My wife was a caterer long ago and she'd do films. So people were so excited to see her coming that they would stand in the front yard of the house where they were shooting and applaud when she drove around the corner because they knew they were about to get a great meal.
1: All right. Um, What other points would you offer uh, either the student filmmaker or the indie filmmaker?
2: Boy, just be professional with people's time. When you don't have a lot of money to trade people for their time or no money to trade them, then you have to be incredibly professional with how you approach what you're doing so that you start on time, you break for lunch, you have a half hour for lunch, and you finish on time because people have lives. They're there to help you get your vision if you're the director of the film and the way they're going to be happy giving you that time is if you're respectful of that time. You cannot shoot eons long days and go oh I'm young and don't know what I'm doing so please stay with me here. And You can ask people to do the heroic thing every now and then but not on a regular basis because they're going to get sick of it. They have other things to do other than take care of your vision.
1: Okay, Now the movie's done. Let's talk about Post production, um, basically the end of the movie, a copy of the movie. I've seen this a lot of times. Uh, people, you know, it's all exciting when you're shooting the film, and then you never see the finished movie. Um, some advice on that?
2: Who will deliver? You've got my students would when, would would have to give their actors the DVD at the end of the shoot, and and I would not give them a grade at the end of the semester until I had spoken to every actor and found that every actor had gotten the DVD. I mean, if you think you're going to make a great movie at the beginning and it turns out to be horrible by the end, that doesn't mean you don't owe them a DVD. Even if you think the movie's no good now, you've got to do what you said you're going to do. And in, and credit, everybody, um,
1: uh, you see that an awful lot where uh, spats happen, and so well, I'm not going to credit this
2: guy. Uh, you got to act like a drama. Mm-hmm. And I just had gave a tour of our building at school to some 13-year-old kids, and I said, "You don't want to act like a nine-year-old." You want to act like a grown-up. And I've seen grown people acting like nine-year-olds, which is just not good. You have to be professional. You want these people to work with you again. The only way they're ever going to work with you again is if you do exactly what you told them you're going to do on the front end.
1: One last topic I'd like your feelings on, and I know your feelings on this because I've read your list, but, and it's in the news, crew safety. Let's talk a little bit
2: about crew safety and and, um, how underestimated that can be at times. Well, the problem with the beginning filmmakers, they don't know what's dangerous. And so, therefore, they can get themselves in very serious trouble very, very quickly, especially with electricity. Um, Electricity, vehicles, ladders, those are the most difficult areas on a set, and things can go wrong very fast. And that's why you have to have an assistant director who's aware of safety issues and can watch for those things before during the shoot. Um, because somebody's got to be paying attention to it, and generally it's assistant director. You just have to be aware that everybody has to be safe. It's not worth anyone getting hurt. It's only a movie, and if you copy things that you see in real movies, you don't understand how they did it safely. If it looks dangerous, it was not, and you've got to be very, very careful.
1: All of these tips can be found in your book. Let's uh, let's do a plug for your book.
2: Um, I've written a book called Your Screenplay Sucks, I'm working on your screenplay still sucks because people did not enough people plot the first book, so they're still writing bad scripts. And I'm working on a, a book on short films.
1: All right, William. I wanna thank you for joining me. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get Real Indie Filmcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Borges Film. The Get Real Indie Filmcast is a production of Borges Networks 2018.